Are you ready to wake up? You are now entering Dreamland. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Now Entering Dreamland, a podcast about dreams, sleep, and everything in between. Welcome back to those of you who have been to Dreamland before. We're happy to have you back. And welcome to those of you joining us in Dreamland for the first time. It's a Sunday, and it's my favorite day of the week because that means I get to release a brand new episode of the Now Entering Dreamland podcast. This is a topic I've been thinking about a lot. I'm really excited to release this episode, and that is about the concept of a sleep deficit. So what is a sleep deficit? What am I even talking about right now? Well, basically, when I first heard about the concept of a sleep deficit, I was in college. And I, like probably many other college students, was not getting the best sleep. And oftentimes, that was something I was putting on to myself. I would stay up all night, pull all-nighters, drink a lot of energy drinks, try and write papers and get ahead on things. And then, of course, on the weekends, I would want to hang out with my friends and not go to bed. So I was in these patterns of just getting really bad or insufficient sleep or oftentimes not sleeping at all. And then the next night, I would feel really tired. I would go to bed early. I would get about eight hours of sleep and I would wake up and I would still feel terrible. So I would say, what's the deal with this? Why do I still feel so badly? I should feel less tired. That's when I learned about the concept of a sleep deficit. It's also known as a sleep debt. And I learned a lot about this years ago, but I had a refresher when I checked it out on Healthline. And I'm really excited to talk about it on this podcast because this topic came about in a lot of the interviews I've done with people for Now Entering Dreamland. A lot of people talk about just not feeling like they're getting enough sleep or sufficient sleep. And even though they're not naming it on its head, I think one of the culprits could be a sleep deficit. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And just note, and I say this at the beginning of many of my podcast episodes that I talk about health-related things. I am not a doctor. I am not a medical professional. I have no degree in science or anything like this. I'm just very interested in this topic. It's something that has impacted my life, and I've done research on it, on this topic, online. And I am sharing my research with you. So thank you. And here we go. So, a sleep deficit basically is when someone who doesn't get a lot of sleep or doesn't get healthy sleep or the amount of sleep that they need, they think, oh, well, I'll just make up for it the next night. But the problem with that is that thought process is very flawed. You know, our bodies are working every day to do different things. And even when you've had, and I'm putting this in air quotes that you can't see in podcast land, but even if you've had a dull day, you're just doing so much. Like today, for example, I didn't do anything except order takeout. Um, It wasn't even takeout. It was delivery because they delivered the food here. 
And that's neither here nor there. But I didn't do anything except vacuum and clean my apartment and do laundry. And then I went downstairs to pick up my food. And then I walked back up here and I ate it and I watched some TV. And then I recorded this podcast. And it was a really dull day. And I didn't do that much. But then when you really think about it, you can think about how much your brain is working during the day, how much your body is actually moving. Like vacuuming actually takes up a lot of time and energy. So even days where you feel like you're not doing that much, your body and your brain is constantly working, constantly moving. And then think about the days that you decide that you want to go on a hike or do something with more exertion. You know, you're, you're using a lot of your brain power and your body power. And something I've learned through doing this podcast and through doing research, and it talks about this on Healthline, is that at the end of the day, sleep is a restorative activity. You know, you need to sleep because that's a time for your brain and your body to, like, fix itself and to work and prepare for the day ahead. So when you miss one night of sleep, it's not... Or, it, and I'm not even just talking about just missing it, like pulling an all-nighter like I used to do. I mean, maybe one night you're struggling, struggling with your insomnia and you can't go to sleep until 3, but you still have to wake up at 7 a.m. Or if you go to bed, you know, two hours later than usual because you're watching a scary movie or you're playing a video game. All of this adds up to just not getting the amount of sleep that you need for your body. And, you know, when I was younger, I always would balk at the idea of having to sleep eight hours a night. But it's true, you know, we need around eight hours of night sleep to function correctly. So the best way to deal with a sleep deficit is to think about the amount of sleep that you're having. It's kind of like a bank account or a monetary value. So you can't take out more than what's in your account. If you're in like chronic debt, like if you have a Macy's card or a Visa and you're $100,000 in debt, even if you're putting, you know, the minimum payment of $25 towards your debt, it can feel insurmountable. And it might be impossible to ever catch up if you're just doing the bare minimum. That's very much similar to a sleep debt or a sleep deficit. You know, if you're only sleeping four hours a night and then the next night you sleep six hours, you might be thinking in your brain, oh, well, I'm doing a little bit better. Six hours, granted, it's not eight hours, but it's still better than nothing. But you're still not making up for that first night that you only slept four hours. So by that extent, you're contributing even more to your sleep deficit. So what am I saying with all this? Am I saying that it's impossible to ever get out of your sleep deficit? That is not what I'm saying. I am saying that there are tips for getting out of your sleep deficit. Um, one tip is napping. And I know that you're about to say, oh, well, napping's not good and only children take naps. Well, I have several things to say about that. One, I love naps. Two, not only children take naps, old people take them too. So don't think that it's immature to take naps. People of all ages take them. 
And three, my third point, and it's probably the most important, is I feel like a lot of my sleep issues, and maybe if you're listening to this or you're interested in this, maybe yours too, stems from just not listening to your body. And sometimes in the middle of the afternoon, I feel really tired, but I push through that feeling and I say, oh, well, it's it's 4 p.m. I, I can't sleep right now. That's silly. Well, if you're sitting around and you don't have anything to do and your body's telling you that it's tired, why not just listen to your body? And the concept of a power nap is an actual thing. If you take a power nap, like 20 minutes or 30 minutes in the afternoon, that is a really good way to recharge and to kind of wean yourself off of your sleep deficit because you're making up for your lack of sleep. Another way to make up for lost sleep is to go to bed a little bit earlier. Not super earlier, like I'm not talking about, oh, well, it's 5 p.m., I'm off the clock, I'm going to go to bed now. I meant going to bed maybe like 30 minutes earlier and then wake up at the normal time in the morning. So if you normally go to bed around 11 p.m. and you wake up at 7 a.m., Try going to bed at 10.30 a.m. Or 10.30, wow. Yeah, just go to bed at 10.30 a.m., sleep throughout the rest of the day, you know. No, that's not what I'm saying. That was facetious. I meant try going to bed at 10.30 p.m. instead of 11 p.m. Try waking up again at your same time, at 7 a.m., and see if you notice a difference. If you're still tired, well, then the next night, try going to bed at 10 p.m. The important thing about sleep is trying to get into a pattern, trying to teach your body what pattern you are doing when you're tired so it knows to go to sleep. So going to bed remarkably early isn't good for your body either. You need to gradually ease your body into a new routine. Another point that I want to bring up is I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, I don't get good sleep, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, um, I oftentimes stay up at night, and you might not be surprised to learn. I also have friends who uh, have similar habits as I do. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why we're friends. At uh, 12.30, 1 a.m., I can pick up the phone and call one of them, and there's a really good chance that they're up too, and we can keep each other company, which is good. It's also bad. We should be sleeping. However, there's a common misconception, and one of the misconceptions is, oh, I can just make up for my lost sleep on the weekend. You know, if you're working a job or if you're going to school, you have to wake up on certain times during certain days, like Monday through Friday. However, you think you can just make up for all your sleep on the weekend. But that's not true. Something that I learned about is that if you have a sleep deficit, and you just don't set an alarm over the weekend, your body will kind of sleep until it's not tired. So you can kind of wake up naturally. And waking up naturally is really good for your body. Your body shouldn't be feeling like it's forced to get out of bed. Waking up naturally should be the feeling like, oh, I'm awake, you know, I don't need to stay in bed. But This is going back to the whole idea of setting a pattern for yourself and setting a routine. If you sleep in all day and you don't wake up until, you know, 2 p.m., 
that's only going to make your body feel worse when Monday rolls around and you have to wake up again at 7 a.m. It's only going to get harder. So one tactic I learned is let yourself sleep in on the weekends if you need to recover from your sleep deficit. However, don't let yourself sleep in more than two hours later than you normally would wake up. So if you're normally waking up at 7 a.m., don't let yourself sleep in past 9 a.m. This is something that I know personally I would really struggle with because I love to sleep in on the weekends. I think today I didn't get up until around noon. Actually, yeah, I think it was around 11.30 because I remember waking up and I wanted to order McDonald's breakfast, but it was too late. Um, they had switched over their menu to lunch, um, which is the epitome of a first-world problem. But I, uh, I admit that and... Two, it wasn't also a problem. I was happy to get McDonald's lunch. So that's how I spent the day. But anyway, mental note for myself, don't let myself do that because I am trying to stave off this deficit. And at the end of the day, when you're trying to counteract a sleep deficit, that basically means that you're not getting enough quality sleep to begin with. So it's really important to try to treat the cause of the sleep deficit instead of the deficit. So think to yourself, why am I not getting enough sleep? Uh, you know, try to look at the most obvious th options. Are you drinking caffeine close to bed? Do you keep your phone right next to you? This is a big one for me, is that since I started doing this podcast, I was inspired by one of our podcast guests to move my cell phone away from my bedside table, which I all where I always used to keep it. And I've heard people and there are sources that say you need to keep your electronics in a totally other room. I don't do that because I actually use my phone for an alarm clock. But what I do is I keep it on my desk on the far side of my room and I turn the screen away from me so I can't see the light of it, even if it lights up during the night. And I have noticed that that does help um, because there there have been several nights where I when I kept my cell phone next to my bedside table that I heard it vibrate and I saw it light up and that would just kind of wake me up, snap me to attention. But moving it has helped me relax a little bit more and, and just lean more into, into sleep. Another thing that I learned after doing this podcast is that something you should avoid before sleep is exercising, um, which I'm really glad to know because... Before I started doing this podcast, when I couldn't sleep, sometimes I would get out of my bed and just do, like, crunches on the floor. And in my mind, I would say, oh, like, this is good. This will tire me out. Well, if you are like me, and you are a fan of the movie Legally Blonde, which I don't know why you wouldn't be a fan of Legally Blonde, maybe if you had never seen it. Um, so f for those of you who have not seen Legally Blonde, please see it. But anyway, there's this line about how um, endorphins make you happy, and it's so true, like, endorphins are something that happen to you that your body produces when you exercise, and they make you feel more awake, and I didn't think about that, I was only thinking, oh, like, if I do these crunches and I sweat a little bit, I'm going to be falling asleep. No, not true. <laughs> um, so I was kind of shooting myself in the foot there, but I will definitely make sure to stop doing that. But those are some tips about sleep, but again, 
If you're struggling with falling asleep, if you're dealing with chronic insomnia and you want to address your sleep deficit, uh, there are definitely resources available. There are tons of resources online that I found when researching this episode. And I do need to say, um, if you are concerned about it, I would totally recommend, I hate saying the word totally, scratch that. I would recommend talking to your doctor and or a medical professional about it and next steps because sleep is extremely important. And that was it for the season ender of season one of Now Entering Dreamland. I wanted to end with this episode because I felt like it was a really good bookend to everything we've discussed on this show this season. Um, if you're wondering what is the next step for this podcast, we will be, we'll, we will be back with season two next week. So there's going to be no time at all. Um, new episodes are still going to be coming. It's just going to be part of a new season. Season two, where we're going to have more interviews, um, more episodes where I talk about sleep and sleep issues and make sleep discoveries. I'm really excited about it. So if you have been following along, if you like this podcast, I do want to say thank you so much. Um, this podcast has given me a lot of joy. I'm really glad I started this project. And if you like it so much, you want to subscribe or see past content or check out sleep resources, I have a bunch of material on the website now, enteringdreamland.com. There is a glossary of sleep terms, there's my dream diary, and also an archive of all of our past episodes. And you can check that website when we launch season two next Sunday. You are now leaving dreamland, but we'll see you next time.